Navigating Business Podcast, where we dive into the lives and stories of small business owners from around the country to learn what's worked, what hasn't, and everything else in between. Our goal here is to share as much high-quality business information as possible. And the best part is, it's all by business owners for business owners. Everything here is all about small business. We're here today with Dan Grinquist, owner and attorney at Grinquist Law. Grinquist Law practices in the areas of business, real estate, estate planning, tax law, and more. And I'm especially excited to talk to Dan today about his knowledge relating to different business structures and entities and what small business owners need to know in this area of business. Dan, thanks for joining us today. Glad to be with you, Nate. Look forward to an interesting conversation here, providing some uh, tips and ideas and educational information for anybody listening and watching. Great, great. Well, Dan, to start off, why don't you tell us a little bit about what you do and about Grinquist Law? I am a business real estate and estate planning attorney, as you mentioned at the beginning. I focus on transactional work, representing clients that start businesses, operate businesses, buy and sell real estate, whether it's a personal individual, whether it's for real estate investing. Obviously, we get into contract issues, leases, some tax strategy planning. Those are important considerations for both real estate and business. And it's interesting that they really kind of blend together because anybody starting a business or operating a business will typically need to have some facilities. So they buy or lease some real estate. So we bring in the real estate issues. Anybody investing in real estate will have some business considerations as to what kind of entity, how do I structure my investment. So they really go hand in hand as we look at that. And I often mention to clients that as you get into any kind of a venture, you want to look ahead to an exit plan. So if you walk in the front door, what's the back door? How do you get out? What do you want to do with your business? What do you want to do with your real estate? And that, that kind of guides a lot of our planning as we get in, what kind of business entity or structure, what kind of tax strategy we have, tax elections, and the real estate issues, ownership issues, and there's so many variables to consider. So this is the kind of practice I do. I tell clients, typically I help them plan and represent them out of court and to prevent them not representing them in court. I don't do the litigation part. I try to protect their interests ahead of time. Right. <laughs> protect everything ahead of time, get it all set up so that they don't have to go through all the in-court there's no guarantee of no challenges of sure, going sure. to court, but we try to minimize those risks. Yeah. So we find ways to protect them from legal liability issues, from tax detriment issues. And mm-hmm. I do represent clients with the IRS and audits and collection activities and so forth. So I have some background in that as well. Yeah. Look forward to a good conversation here. That's great. I love the kind of full scope of your practice, kind of all centered around business, but kind of like you said, real estate is in there and tax is in there and, and kind of all areas that a business owner may run into while they're kind of getting the business up and running is all included. So that's, that's great covering kind of all the necessary bases there. I wanted to ask you, Dan, about specifically what business owners should know as far as business entities and business structures go when they first get started in business. What insights can you give into what new business owners or people considering going into business should know about those different entities and structures? Well, there's a lot of information uh, to, to learn and, and know that comes into play in any kind of venture. I might mention here right at the beginning that as we talk about some of these things, I'm not giving any specific legal advice to any one 
persons, one business owners, one entrepreneurs, specific issues, but we're just talking about general ideas, educational information, trying to give them, anybody watching or listening, some general information. So make sure as you move forward that you consult your own attorney, your own uh, CPA, tax planner. If you want to call me, we can establish attorney-client relationships. But for now, we're just having a good conversation. And I know you work with a lot of businesses. You've actually helped some of my own clients with some of the bookkeeping aspects and the accounting aspects there. So I appreciate your service and the things that you do. And I know you come across these kinds of things a lot. Probably one of the first things that I might mention is it's really for the client's benefit. It may sound self-serving, but as the person is starting a business, an entrepreneur, talk to a lawyer, get some legal advice up front. <laughs> I had one prospective client who didn't talk to me ahead of time, but had some questions there and they sent me some information says, uh, help me with this question I have about my business. I said, well, send me, are you set up as a corporation, as a limited liability? What's your entity structure? He says, yeah, I'm all set up. Uh, well, you know, wh where's your organization documents? So he sent me an email and he, and that email was a, the notice from the IRS assigning an EIN. Well, just getting an EIN from an IRS is not setting up a business. <laughs> right. So people have a lot of misunderstandings and a lot of times it's like groping in the dark. They're trying to do things themselves. So the best course would be get some advice. So you have experience. You can help guide them, refer them as necessary or appropriate. I can provide business aspects there. So it's, it's very important to get that information. And there's no one answer that's correct there's options for clients and that's the important thing that i try to bring i says i don't have the answer for you but here's your choices here's your options and as you look ahead who is involved in your business and i think the kind of the scope of our conversation is for entrepreneurs starting businesses looking at that and there is a lot of that happening now i've got a number of clients that are starting businesses i just had a meeting yesterday with some people that want to start a business and there's say five of them getting together. They want to start a business and with their particular thing. So who are the players involved? Who's going to be the owners, if you will, of the company? Now there's technical terms for some of these. So for a corporation, the owners are called shareholders. For a limited liability company, the owners are called members. For a sole proprietorship, if someone's in business, alone individually without setting up a corporation or a limited liability company that's just a sole proprietorship and we call that person the owner of the company not a shareholder not a member and so forth so these are the three primary structures and entities for people starting businesses the simplest way is just a sole proprietor just say i'm dan grankrist i made hendrix i'm going to do my business I want to do bookkeeping, I want to do legal services, I want to do some manufacturing, I want to invest in some real estate. Whatever your business is, you can set up, a, just start as a sole proprietor, and then you've got to make sure you keep books and records for your tax purposes. So that's where they got to contact you, Nate, and navigate <laughs> bookkeeping. That's right. Uh, make sure they get uh, all their I's dotted, the T's crossed, and all the numbers, uh, the decimal points in the right places here. 
But if you want to go beyond that and talk about some legal liability protection, then we talk about corporations and limited liability companies. So we have to talk about so many different things if a client wants to get a full perspective of what they want to do with their business. Yeah, that's great. I don't know if, if this is asking too much, Dan, because I know you said, obviously, this is general advice. You're not giving specific advice to anyone, but could you give us a kind of high-level view of a couple of the most prominent business entities or structures, such as a C corporation? I know an S corporation is a, is a tax filing piece. LLC as a, can be taxed in a couple of different ways, but can you give us maybe just a high-level quick overview of a couple of those? Sure. Well, the two main entities that we use these days are corporations and limited liability companies. Those are specific state-regulated, state-statutory entities. They have a separate legal existence. We file articles for corporation. It's called Articles of Incorporation that we file with the Secretary of State. And for a limited liability company, it's called Articles of Organization. So once those are filed with the Secretary of State, they get recorded and that begins the legal existence of that entity. And again, it is a statutory entity, a statutory arrangement. Now, when we talk about S corporations and C corporations, those are IRS internal revenue tax code designations as to how a corporation or a limited liability company will be taxed. So those are tax treatments that are kind of superimposed on the underlying entity, the corporation or the limited liability company. So technically speaking, we don't set up an S corporation or a C corporation. We set up a corporation. We set up a limited liability company. And then we talk about the tax strategy. This is where the tax strategy comes into play. So I talk with clients if there's one uh, one owner entity or a multi-owner entity, corporation or limited liability company, how would you be taxed? So if it's a corporation, you have the choice of S corporation tax treatment or C corporation tax treatment. For a limited liability company, if there's one member, you can choose sole proprietorship type tax treatment which as you're familiar with is a Schedule C on the tax return. It keep all the same business records, but if it's one person, the LLC can be disregarded for tax purposes and the owner, then the individual single member owner would be taxed as a sole proprietorship with the Schedule C. But you can also elect S corporation tax treatment or C corporation tax treatment for a limited liability company if there's multi-members, then you can also elect partnership tax treatment. So that brings another strategy planning discussion as to how you want to be taxed. The answer to those depends on who all are involved, what's their goal, what's the nature of the business. For example, for real estate investing, then we want to, we typically, it depends on everybody's situation, but typically and generically, the best arrangement is partnership tax treatment for real estate because of the way the tax law, tax code, the Internal Revenue Code provides for real estate issues of deductions and flexibility and many things like that that 
to keep track of for tax and accounting purposes. If it's manufacturing, if it's other kinds of businesses, then if there's multi-members, you can elect partnership tax treatment, you can elect S-corporation tax treatment, or even C-corporation tax treatment, or you can set up with multiple members, you can set up another entity as one of the members so that one of the members can be a C-corporation tax treatment and one can be, say, a partnership tax treatment. So you can mix and match in some ways, depending on the level of planning, of sophistication, what the clients want. Obviously, you have to keep track of all these things with tax returns and bookkeeping and so forth, but there's many different ways to be flexible, to meet the needs of the specific clients, their type of business, the owners that are involved. So it's a lot of fun talking with them. And as we have initial conversations, like one I had yesterday for over an hour, I talked with a couple owners, and it's like information overload. They say, oh, wow, I didn't <laughs> think of all this. That's why you need to talk to a, an attorney up front, because there's so many different issues and questions. A lot of clients don't even know what questions to ask. Right, right, so I ask a lot of questions. They say, oh, I hadn't thought of that. I ask another question. Oh, I didn't think about that one. You know, so it, it just kind of stimulates the thinking, come back, you know, talk with the people, you know, the owners there, and then we'll get together and we'll look at some of the options and find out what's best for your business, for those of you that are involved. Yeah, that's great. So I, I'm sure our listeners are, are quickly understanding why you said talk to an attorney first, because there's so many options, which is a great thing, right? Like you said, it can be tailored for each business and their needs and the amount of owners and the, even the industry. So that's a great thing. But the downside is if you're trying to figure that out on your own, it's going to be a mess. I, I think sometimes one of the bad things with the internet in some ways is it makes it seem easier than it is to do certain things. And there's so many legal services online, which are great for certain purposes. But when you're trying to put together a business like this, it starts getting into a level of complexity that is much too far. I've come across some clients in the same way, kind of like you were saying, who thought they had it all together, thought they'd done everything correctly online and soon figured out they were missing some key pieces. So that's some really great advice. Just talk to an attorney, get those questions ironed out right away from the beginning. That's great. And it sounds like what you're saying too is with the different options, you know, there's different levels of complexity as well compared with levels of li liability protection, right? If you're just a sole proprietorship, it's going to be pretty simple overall to keep records and file the, the needed documents and such. But as you kind of go up the ladder of more complexity, there's going to be more filing requirements, more tax requirements, more ownership requirements in different ways, but it's also going to lead to more benefits potentially. Would you say that's accurate in some way, kind of that continuum of complexity? Yeah, mostly. I think uh, for accounting purposes, I recommend everybody contact uh, Nate for your bookkeeping needs because you need to keep track of your business expenses, your income, and whether the business is a sole proprietorship or a corporation or a limited liability company, you pretty much have to keep track of and records of the same kinds of financial transactions. What income do you have? What expenses do you have? Uh, some of the additional complexity might be if you have an entity like a corporation or a limited liability company, now you'll also look at capital contributions, you'll look at distributions from those entities, and depending on the tax treatment, some distributions, like if it's a C corporation, the distribution will also be taxable to the shareholder. If you're an S corporation, 
with several members and you have to make distributions equally according to the percentage ownership of each shareholder. If you're an LLC with a partnership or S-corporation tax treatment, some of these S-corporation partnership we call pass-through entities. So the tax treatment passes through the entity out to the owners, the members or the shareholders if it's an S-corporation. So there's some added layers of record keeping of complexity, if you will, that you deal with as you prepare the tax returns, you have to keep uh, all the accounts, capital contribution accounts, and whether it's capital contributions coming in, whether it's debt, loaning money to the company or borrowing money from a bank, we just keep track of all those things, loans, short-term liabilities, long-term liabilities, those kinds of things are very similar to any kind of entity. Mm -hmm. Makes sense. I wanted to ask you a little bit of a specific question kind of with kind of on the business finance side there. A lot of what I'm talking about with clients sometimes is, is keeping business and personal finances separate. And that's a hard thing for a lot of business owners. What's kind of the legal ramifications of not keeping business and personal finances separate in a business? Well, if you commingle all your funds, and that's a fancy term that we use that's used in the finance and legal professions where you all the money is kind of in one pot. You know, you use the business to pay personal expenses, your house mortgage, your gas in your car, and your home utility bills, and buy your groceries, or use your bank account and expenses to pay for business expenses. And you don't keep separate records of all those things. Everything is just kind of a jumbled mess, you might say, as a term of art. <laughs> the risk there is that if you have a corporation or an LLC, limited liability company, the risk is that a creditor, or if you get into a challenge situation, say in court, that you might lose the benefit of the liability protection that the corporation and the limited liability are designed to provide. As corporations, as limited liability companies, one of the reasons for using those is because it provides limited liability to the owners, whether it's the corporation or the member, uh, shareholder of the corporation or a member of the limited liability company. So that if you have business type liabilities, someone sues the business for a business transaction or a tort type of a thing, but they're suing the business, it provides liability protection for the owners, the shareholder of a corporation, the member for a limited liability company. But if you're commingling and you have that jumbled mess of accounting, then in the legal uh, profession, we call that your alter ego, you lose that protection of the entity. So then you face the client, the business owner, the member or shareholder could potentially face personal liability for some of those claims against the business because the court will look through the company out to the owner individually. So it's very important to keep the two separate, your personal expenses, your personal issues, separate from your business expenses. And that's why a good bookkeeper like you, Navigator Bookkeeping, can help organize those books, records, financially. I help clients with the corporate records, such as minutes, the bylaws for corporation, the operating agreement for a limited liability company, you get the certificates, 
We write contracts for vendors and so forth, trying to keep the personal separate from the business so that we protect that, that wall of protection to the individual underneath. Those are important concepts for people to keep in mind. That's why we need to have proper structure, proper legal documents, proper bookkeeping records, and so forth. Yeah, that's great. I appreciate you saying such kind things about bookkeeping and, and what we do as well. But the corporate rec- record keeping, like you're saying too, is so key because as you get into that complexity with some of those other, with some of the business entities, corporations and such, there is a lot of record keeping minutes and, and meetings and such that need to happen. And there needs to be record keeping for that as well to make sure the business is in good standing. So I'm glad you brought that up. I wanted to ask one more question here, Dan, and I'm sure we could talk for hours on this and your information is so, so valuable. I love it. You know, as far as, as your insights into entrepreneurship and businesses in general, you obviously have a lot of knowledge, both for your own business and all the clients that you've worked with. What are some of the insights you can give into entrepreneurship? You know, maybe some of the, the mistakes that you kind of keep seeing happening with clients or you've seen many times. What are a couple things that business owners should be on the lookout for as they're getting into the world of entrepreneurship to kind of avoid some common pitfalls? Well, the key in any business is cash flow. That's not a legal issue, but a business needs to survive. And a lot of businesses get wrapped up, and rightly so, for doing their marketing, doing their business, running their business, but then oftentimes neglect the administrative part of the business because that's kind of like overhead, that's extra work. They don't keep their finances in order. Finances are important for not just for keeping track of expenses and income for itself, but for your tax returns, for the legal liability issues that we've just mentioned here, briefly discussed, but also your, the entity records. If you're a corporation or a limited liability company, we want to have some what we call formalities. We want to have bylaws for the corporation. We want to have operating agreement for the limited liability company. We want to have some records of minutes. Now, a lot of people will confuse the daily operations. They'll think, well, if I want to sign a contract or buy a car for my business, I've got to have minutes and they write down everything and all the business decisions. That's not the nature of the corporate or limited liability company entity records. Uh, these are more like annual minutes of the owners, shareholder, annual shareholders meeting, annual members meeting for the corporation. You have board of director minutes. The board of directors is kind of the overall authority of the corporation. So there's some of these formalities that often get overlooked. So those are some things to keep in mind too, even if a client wants to stop doing business for whatever reason, retiring or moving on to other things or have to sales aren't going well. Still pay the penalties for keeping your company in good standing with the Secretary of State. Very good. Yeah, those are excellent. And Dan, thanks so much for coming on on the podcast and sharing some of your knowledge with us. What's the best way for listeners to get in contact with you if they want to learn more about what you can do and how you can help them or even just about what we've talked about? Sure, I'd be happy to talk with anybody. The best way to reach me is through email. It's my name, Dan at grandquistlaw.com. Grandquist is G-R-A-N, is in November, Q-U-I-S-T-L-A-W, grandquistlaw.com. You can reach me with, obviously, your name and contact information, and 
we can follow up with phone calls or other meetings. Be happy to talk to people about your specific issues there. The information we've talked about here is general information. Again, this is a disclaimer. It's not specific legal advice for any <laughs> one particular scenario, but we we could talk uh, on and on about all kinds of things. Those are things that uh, we'll follow up with if you have specific questions. Great. I'll make sure to put your contact information in the description below the podcast too. So it's easy to find that email address and website and all that good stuff as well. But thanks again, Dan. It's been a pleasure. Thank you listeners for, for joining us on the podcast today. And we will see you next time on the Navigating Business Podcast. <laughs>